What's up, everyone? Welcome to the No Man's Land. I'm Angela Ramirez. Today, we are not talking about something exciting or happy or, you know, politically charged. Today, I'm coming to you with some pretty bad news and scary news. For those of you guys who don't know, I do reside in Colorado. I'm about an hour from Denver, Colorado, which is the capital of the state. And if many of you are following the news on a day-to-day -day basis, you already know, most likely, what I'm about to talk about. This weekend in Colorado, there was a Patriot rally called Patriot Muster organized in Denver. It was kind of led by Tig Tigan, who is a Benghazi hero. He was in the Battle of Benghazi. He co-authored 13 Hours. Uh, he organized a protest over the weekend, and a lot of people went. But, of course, the local Antifa and Black Lives Matter groups decided that they would schedule a counter-protest. Uh, this was kind of well-known. Many people knew that there was going to be a protest and that a counter-protest had been organized by Antifa. The Denver police were there trying to keep the bo both groups separate. Unfortunately, despite everything, someone was shot and killed in cold blood. It was very disturbing. Now, we've seen this happen before. We saw this happen in Portland. This is not the first time that a Patriot rally has been scheduled and individuals who are a part of the Patriot rally essentially get hunted down and shot. So today we're going to be talking about exactly what happened. Obviously, national news has picked up the story and they've been running with it, but they're not doing a great job, in my opinion, of covering all the facts. Now, as somebody who resides here in Colorado, I'm aware of the political dynamic and the media dynamic that, in my opinion, led to this issue. I'm going to discuss that further. Um, let me give you guys an overview of what happened. Okay, so basically both rallies were ongoing. Antifa was lined up against, um, you know, BLM. There was basically, man... I'm going to show you guys some pictures. These are pictures credited to Joseph Camp, who is a journalist who's often on the ground. And if he's not on the ground personally, then he has people on the ground. He's a really great journalist. He covers a lot of information and digs up information about groups who who uh, basically work with Antifa and BLM, specifically groups like the Colorado Freedom Fund, which is run by Elizabeth Epps and a few others. Uh, they bail out riders. They've They've worked closely with the Party of Socialism and Liberation, who was responsible for chaining Aurora PD in their precinct in, I believe it was July. For seven hours, they barricaded Aurora PD in their precinct and gas cans were found outside. Many of those individuals are now facing felony charges. But that's not what we're talking about today. I want to show you guys first a few pictures of Antifa at the rally. Now, I want to be clear here. At first, it was... A number of big, big people on Twitter and news organizations were saying that Antifa was responsible for shooting this individual, the Patriot, Lee Keltner, who is now dead. Um, that's not true. That's not what happened. And it's really important that people realize that Colorado has a different dynamic than Portland. We are not, unlike, unlike Portland, Colorado has a huge mix of socialist and communist and anarcho-communist groups. We do have Antifa. That's who you guys see here on the screen. This is one of the members of the local Antifa group. Um, so we do have Antifa. We also have a group that I just mentioned called the Party of Socialism and Liberation. 
they are not as much of a militant group as Antifa. Instead, they kind of spew radical rhetoric at rallies. They do schedule a number of rallies. They use more tactical subversion ideas, things like blocking the roadways, things like um, marching through streets. They hold regular rallies in which, uh, you know, rhetoric is spewed about kind of overthrowing the U.S., by about changing the way that the U.S. operates, their pro-reparations, the Party of Socialism, Socialism and Liberation is also pro-revolution. Um, they are a, the, the Denver chapter of the PSL is a piece of a bigger organization. It's just the Denver chapter. Um, they run a candidate. The, the actual overall group runs a presidential candidate every year. Um, they they ran a candidate this year. The founder of the organization was inspired by Cuban, Cuba's version of communism. I'm going to be doing a full dive into this organization, and I've wrote, written a bit about them in the past, but that's just one of the many groups that we have here in Colorado. We also have the Denver Communists, who were responsible, along with the local Antifa and BLM chapters, for organizing the counter-protest over the weekend. So we have a number of different groups. It's not just Antifa here, not like these other organizations, not like these other cities around the around the nation where it's just Antifa causing this trouble. We have Party of Socialism and Liberation, okay? The the radical socialist group. We have the Denver Communists, which is again, they were responsible for this weekend's organization of a counter-protest. We have Antifa. Down south in Pueblo, Colorado, there's a group called For the People which has been organizing regular protests over a Columbus statue. They are more of an indigenous socialist group. They are a branch of the Maoist Communist Party. I have written extensively on those guys. Um, we have a number of other smaller groups that are ongoing. And we we had you know an individual by the name of Michael A. Windecker who actually went overseas to volunteer to fight ISIS. He was a Peshmerga soldier. And he is a, a very dangerous individual. He is, um, his house was recently raided by the FBI after he put out a video um, addressing allegations that he was a child molester in which he said that he was willing, in the video, he said he was willing to basically kill anybody. Uh, he was not, he was not opposed to going to jail to stand up for what he believed in. The guy is, is wild. But, um, you know, Colorado is a very huge hotspot for socialist and communist activity, even though we don't get as much press as Portland does, things aren't obvious. Things aren't you know being destroyed every weekend here, but that doesn't mean that we don't have organizations that are rallying around the cause of socialist revolution here in Denver. They're just doing it a little bit more quietly than Portland and other areas. So with that said, I want you guys to take a moment. I'm going to go through a few of these photos that Joseph Camp um, captured of. This weekend, here is an Antifa individual lined up against the police. Um, in the next photo, you guys can see here that there was a number of Antifa present. Here they are in the kind of corner of the picture with their umbrellas. And uh, here's a little bit, little bit better of a picture with the whole line of Antifa militants. And you know what? It's just a freaking bummer because I have been calling this out for a while, not just the Antifa. Okay. That's not, that's not, believe it or not, that's not our biggest problem here in Colorado. In my opinion, our biggest problem here in Colorado is the fact that we have multiple members serving on city council boards, 
school boards and, um, you know, you know, in representative positions who take a socialist stance and are open socialists serving in public office. For example, Tate Anderson, the Denver school board director, is a member of the Democratic Party of Socialists. I'm sorry. He's a member of Dem Socialists, which is the Democratic Socialist Association. They're the largest socialist association here in the U.S. Denver school board director is an open socialist. We also have a councilwoman in Denver who's named Candy C. DeBaca, who has on more than one occasion um, attended protests supported by the Party of Socialism and Liberation. In one instance, she was caught on camera at a homeless sweep protest, a homeless sweep here in Denver, is the police will come and they'll force uh, homeless individuals to move off of the sidewalks. They're not allowed to stay on the sidewalks. If they have a bunch of stuff on the sidewalk, Denver PD will basically throw it away. And so Candy C. DeBaca, who like believes that she's helping the homeless community by showing up to these protests, is a socialist. Um, she has been touted and revered by the Party of Socialism Socialism and Liberation at the rallies. Also, um, the Colorado Freedom Fund owner, founder, Elizabeth Epps, has, I have heard her and I have tape of her praising Candy C. DeBaca as one of them, basically. So we have Candy C. DeBaca. But that's not the only issue, um, is the open socialists in, in public office. Here in Colorado, we have a number of public officials who will openly label people Nazis and white supremacists blatantly, without evidence. I have seen Representative Stephen Woodrow, who is on Twitter, and I have I have addressed this with him before, um, that he has called the DA of, you know, I'm not sure what district he is he's in, but he has labeled one of our district attorneys up in Denver area a white supremacist because the DA decided that the officers involved in the Elijah McClain death were not going to be able to be charged with murder due to circumstances surrounding the event. There, It was a complex event. Ketamine has been brought up. The usage of ketamine in which people believe that uh, the ketamine that was administered by, by the EMTs who responded uh, was too heavy of a dose and that it proved lethal. Um, so there was a lot of things that went wrong with the Elijah McLean case, and the DA determined that it wasn't going to be feasible to charge the officers. Representative Stephen Woodrow openly on Twitter, I have screenshots, um, called this DA a white supremacist. And it's not the first time he's done that. He has called many people Nazis and white supremacists. I have a whole thread on Colorado legislators who will openly utilize those terms to label Republicans, to label people who have different views than, than them. We have public officials in Colorado calling people who are not Nazis or white supremacists those terms. And what does that do? Nazis and white supremacists, real Nazis and white supremacists are very dangerous people. They can cause real serious issues socially. They can cause people harm. Nazi can cause people harm, right? We saw what happened in Nazi Germany. These are not phrases to throw around. Um, and, you know, now we see what happened over the weekend. And in my opinion, when you have representatives who are labeling people Nazis, white supremacists, it is not surprising when somebody who is a constituent and a believer in socialism, like the shooter, which we'll get into, you know, has a reactionary response that turns lethal. So let's get into what exactly happened Um Sorry to go on a bit of a tangent, but I wanted to give you guys an idea of what the social and political dynamic is 
here in Colorado because it does come into play the fact that we have political representatives who are open socialists who label people who are op who oppose their beliefs white supremacists and Nazis very important okay so let's get into it here like I said we had the rally uh we had the rally over the weekend let's go into what happened um you know just just as a quick aside here we have Tay Anderson who is the Denver socialist political uh, he's not even political. He's the school board director, the public school board director for Denver schools. He posted, and mind you, Tay Anderson has attended and and uh, spoken at many, many PSL events and has touted their messages on his social media on more than one occasion. He is a regular attendee of socialist protests. And in response to the individual dying yesterday, maybe not yesterday, on Saturday, in response to that death, he posted, John Tig Tegan got one of his supporters killed tonight. That's what happened. He said, basically, that if, T and then literally went on to say that if he hadn't scheduled the rally, it wouldn't have happened. That's literally what he said. I kid you not. He organized the rally. Here it is. He organized the rally. If he did not organize the rally, then this would not have happened. In other words, he's blaming patriots for organizing rallies, and that's why they're getting killed. This is unacceptable. This is absolutely unacceptable. And I am so pissed at Mayor Hancock and Governor Polis, who both are in the Denver area, for not addressing this very radical individual who has basically control over the public school system and what is done there. You know, it is alarming. It's very alarming. Um, his behavior is unacceptable. I've written a full piece on Tay Anderson's involvement with these socialist groups. Now, moving forward, um, Okay, so I'm going to go through what basically happened here. Um, sorry that it's kind of taking a while to get to this point, but it is important to give you guys a lay of the land, so to speak, of what happened here. Um, okay, so here's the video. Here's the first video I would like to play for you guys. I don't know if, you know, I'll get in trouble for putting this on YouTube. Hopefully not, but let's see here. Um, here see, this is the problem, the Black Lives matter people he comes up and started attacking, attacking uh another individual leaving we got we got guys all over the place we're rolling so out patriots though. were leaving an uh, individual wearing a black guns matter shirt he seems to be a professional like yeah, agitator of some sort was walking around oh, trying to pick fights with people i heard from Casper from colorado who is running for congress hey, thanks, guys. He's a black american congress uh, that the guy in the black Guns Matter shirt actually was walking around to women saying he's going to rape them. Uh, hey guys, he's coming out. Rape them. I'm not sure if this is going to show the shots fired. Thank you guys. Stay safe. It, it gives you guys an idea of kind of the dynamic. Yeah, right there. Stand up. Be proud. American pride. Woo! Fighting back. fire but that's kind of the dynamic um a lot of patriots were leaving people were leaving um okay so here we have all right here is the video that kind of captures what happened there's no video out that actually captured a hundred percent of what happened i'm going to play for you guys a gif of the shooter basically 
killing this guy in point blank. But first, I want to show you guys the dynamic. And here we go. Here's the guy in the Black Guns Matter shirt. Oh, Show me this! Show me, motherfucker! Show me that, nigga! Who the fuck you touch me? Touch me one more time, you're gonna get it! Next person to fucking touch me, right? Mace me. Fucking mace me, bud. Walk up to me and fucking mace me, nigga. Mace me, motherfucker. Mace me, motherfucker. I got the reputation on the ground. Fucking mace me. Go ahead and fucking mace me. Go on fucking ahead and mace me, nigga. Okay, I want to stop right here because the individual, I'm going to back up just a little bit. This guy right here, if you guys can see my mouse, that's him. He has a kind of American flag, neck gator, and a camo hat. This is Lee Keltner, who is the deceased. Um, he's the victim. He was a U.S. veteran, a grandfather. Um, his son actually was there when this happened, which is really sad. I think his son is 26 years old and he was present when his father was killed. Now, if you guys can see this, the, the Black Guns Matter guy, he's screaming at Lee Keltner. He's saying, shoot me then, mother effer, shoot me. And then Lee kind of sees something to the right of where the camera is focused. And he very, it, it was really strange when I saw this. So I was like, wow, he just kind of like left that and walked over out of the camera. He's actually walking over to where the individual has the gun. Um, and he just kind of stops talking to the Black Guns, Ma Black Guns Matter guy, leaves the frame, and then you can actually hear the gun cock, hear Lee's pepper spray go off, and then the gun fires. L listen to this, watch this. Fuck around and find out. Fuck around and find out. Put it back. Fucking tough guy. You got a knife up the you so fucking tough. Fuck around and I want to point out something. He actually says, put it back. If you guys heard that, he said, put it back. And then the gun cocks. Pepper spray is deployed. And he's shot in the face, guys. This was not like shot in the leg, shot in the abdomen. He was shot in the face at point blank range. Uh, he had pepper spray. Okay. Listen to this. Listen to this. Tough guy, you got a knife set for time, so fuck it tough. Fuck around and Yeah. One more time because I didn't Touch, touch me. Fuck around and find out. Fuck around and find out. Fuck it tough guy. You got a knife set for time, so fuck it tough. Fuck around Dead. Instantly. Unbelievable. Absolutely fucking unbelievable. Freaking unbelievable. There we go. I didn't I'm not probably not monetizing that because I just cussed. But anyway, so then what happens next, okay, and I'm so sorry, that's a really gory video. I mean, image, I'm going to move that from the screen. Um, here is, let's see if I can find it. Here is a video from a distance that was captured, and you can actually see the pepper spray being deployed before the gunshot is, is fired. Pepper spray being done, not a good thing, but it's not
um, there was a video journalist or a, f- a photo journalist who was like right in front of where it was all happening and actually caught like a frame by frame of of the event. Um, I, I don't have it on hand just right now. I'm sure that we'll get there and we'll be able to see it. I want to show you guys the flyer for the BLM Antifa Soup Drive. So here's the flyer. It was organized in response to Tig Tigan's event. And here we see on camera, we see soup with rainbows coming out of it to symbolize the fact that they're planning on throwing these soup cans, heavy soup cans at people. We have the hammer and sickle on the soup can here in the middle. Uh, and it's organized by Denver communists, okay? So like I said, we have more than just an Antifa group here in Colorado. We have a number of smaller communist, anarchist, socialist groups who are causing some real serious issues. And this is not the first time that they have gotten violent. It is the first time that they've killed somebody in cold blood. However, we have had them show up to the homes of police officers in Colorado Springs. We have had them, uh, you know, I, I was present at a protest in which they crossed the tape to interfere with an interview that a proud boy was giving to a news person. Um, They have obviously barricaded police in Aurora inside of their first district precinct. So not the first time that this has happened. Okay, anyway, back to this, this shooting here. The suspect is named Matthew Doloff. Okay, and it as it came out, first and foremost, people were saying it's Antifa. No, it wasn't Antifa. And I, I came forward very shortly after this happened. And I said, no, this is not Antifa. This guy, he doesn't appear to have been a member of the anti-fascist group that was there. That said, he was a leftist, okay? Denver Post, first and foremost, reported that this guy was a leftist organizer. And they were not wrong, although there were a number of people who... You know, there was a number of uh, political officials, I won't name exactly all of them, but there was a number of political officials here in Colorado who pretty much approached the Denver Post and was like, we don't know that this is for sure, that this guy was a left-wing organizer. Please take this down until we know for sure. And it turns out, indeed, he was actually a left-wing organizer. He was. And, you know, mainstream media is not doing a good job of covering the facts. Anybody with Google can see who this guy who this guy is in reality. Here's a photo taken like literally seconds after the shooting. Not, not even seconds. The guy still had the gun in his hand, Matthew Doloff. This is Matthew Doloff here with the gun. Here is Lee Kelter on the ground. Keltner. Um, as you can see, he, he shot him. Like, I mean, they're not even 10 feet apart. They're not. And you can actually see what happens. If you listen to the video that I first played for you guys uh, up close where the the Black Guns Matter guy is yelling at everybody, you you can hear Lee Keltner say, put it back. And then the gun cocks, he sprays the pepper spray. You hear the pepper spray go off and then you hear the gunshot. So if you were to actually look at the play-by-play image, which I I probably won't show you guys because it actually shows him being shot, the play-by-play shows you that Lee Keltner, what happened What, what happened was Doloff, the shooter, went to, like, grab at Keltner. I don't know if he was going for the gun that was inside of his vest or the pepper spray, but he was going for something at his, at his abdomen. And then Keltner slaps him across the face. This is on camera. You can, you can see the pictures if you go on Twitter. Um, he slaps him across the face. And then... 
Doloth reaches for his gun. Reaches for his gun after being slapped in the face. That is not that is not a threat for your life. That's not a reason to go reach for your gun. Kelmer says, uh, I mean, and I'm not 100% positive, but if you listen to the video, you can hear somebody say, put it back about the same time that, you know, he would have been getting getting slapped. Uh, he Somebody says, put it back. And then the gun cocks, right? Okay. And if you look at the, at the photos, Keltner is actually retreating. He's backing up and then pulls his pepper spray up. You can see the pepper spray come up. Photo shows pepper spray deployed. Gun shoots. Man. Okay. So then what we have here, let, let's go through this because things get weird. Nine News came forward and said, oh, sorry, that was one of our security guards. He was he was working as security for one of our reporters. No, no, that's not true. Nine News. It, it, it's unclear what exactly he was doing there. The guy did not have a security license to be operating in Denver. Joseph Camp and... Uh, Myself and Michelle Malkin, who is another Colorado area, area journalist, um, we all pretty much looked into this guy independently and discovered this guy does not have a, a license to be security in Denver. He, you know, and, and in Denver, you need a special license to be carrying a gun as security and you need another uh, additional training to be a plainclothes security officer. Um, this guy did not have a security guard card. It's called a guard card. He didn't have a guard card. Um, he wasn't authorized to be a security individual. Um, so nine news, they came forward like minute moments after this happened. They said it was, a, it was one of our security guards. He was with a reporter. Um, we're going to work with Denver police, Denver police moments after this happened without apparently using Google to look into this, uh, to look into this guy, um, said this guy is not Antifa. Uh, he's not affiliated basically with any of these groups. And that is not true. Matthew Doloff, this individual here on the screen, he went to Occupy Denver protests. Occupy Denver, not all of the people who attended, but some of them did turn out to become radicalized and, and transfer into Antifa memberships, right? Not that they have like a membership card or anything, but they were radicalized and they did become, some of them, Antifa. Now, um, a few minutes after this started coming out, so he, he's, Doloff is being charged with first degree murder. Uh, at least that's what he, he's being held for. First degree murder, no bond allowed. And I'm wondering if the reason they did no bond is because of the Colorado Freedom Fund, which has lately been bailing out people or working to bail out people. Um, so Doloff here, look, if you guys can see this, Doloff, um, has a tattoo just here on his wrist, on the under, underside of his wrist. At first, a lot of people were saying this was an Antifa tattoo because there's some Antifa uh, logos and symbols in which um, space invite there's like space invaders against racism, um, and and the symbol kind of looks similar to this. That's not true. What it is actually is that Matthew apparently did some sort of clubbing work, and I want to bring this up because I find it very interesting. Um, on his Instagram, which I found, he has a link to sub.mission.com, sub.mission.com. And it's some sort of like DJ club group. Okay. And it says here, here's the Twitter page for it. Uh, these are all in my tweets. If you guys wanted to go through them like bit by bit, but it says here, submission, here's the alien that's on his wrist. 
Moving people through sound, not hype. Electronic Tuesdays, dubstep, agency, hustle, knowledge. Okay. Um, that's all fine and good, except for the fact that submission uh, actually is associated in some way, shape, or form with Black Lives Matter, as a matter of fact. Now, where is that tweet here? Um, so, basically, sub.mission on their, on their page... They actually have um, a donation button, or they, they suggest that people who want to support their organization should donate. Instead of donating to them, they should donate to Black Lives Matter. Uh, it wasn't necessarily Black Lives Matter specifically, but it was the bail bond funds that used cash to bail out the George Floyd riders. So there was some affiliation and support of Black Lives Matter. I bring this up because it's very important. Up until now, people have been pointing to Antifa as the number one threat, and that is not the case. And this is why I've been so adamant about pointing out how radicalization within the Black Lives Matter organization is working. People are becoming quickly radicalized. Here we have an everyday person who just got married. I, lo I looked through his profile, his Facebook profile. He was recently married in like June. He just got married. He and his wife have a farm somewhere in Denver, where they have Shetland sheep and chickens and turkeys. A lot of his profile pictures have animals in them. It's like him and his animals. This was, by all, like, apparent looks of it. I'm not his friend, so all I can see is what's public. But that said, from what I have seen, he looked like a normal dude who was in support of Black Lives Matter, who very likely believed that most Republicans are racists, most Republicans who are Trump supporters are supporting Nazis. He was a Bernie supporter. Here on his Facebook, if you guys were to pull it up, it's still there. Uh, he has a, a Facebook profile and it says volunteer, a future to believe in Bernie Sanders. He has multiple pictures of a Bernie Sanders event. He has himself in a Bernie Sanders shirt. <sighs> he has things that are hateful towards Republicans, not, not necessarily hateful, but, you know, he has all these things about why Republicans are not right for women. Uh, that was one of the pictures on his Facebook. Um, here is an Occupy photo of him at Occupy Denver, uh, which is very similar to the Occupy Wall Street movement. Um, he, he had, uh, content from the Young Turks that he liked and shared, um, now, this guy was obviously partisan, and it's okay to hire somebody, all right, who's obviously partisan if they're going to be covering the group that they agree with. For example, when I go to protests and I cover protests, I stick to the side of the patriots if there's a counter-protest going on. Like, when I went down to Pueblo, Colorado to cover a protest, which was organized by For the People, which is one of the indigenous communist groups, that they are a Maoist group that targets indigenous peoples, specifically Hispanics, specifically Native Americans. Um, For the People Pueblo is a branch of the Maoist Communist Party, which is a, a communist organization based on Mao Zedong's version of communism. Um, when, I, when I attended that rally, guess which side I stayed on? I stayed on the side of the Patriots because it would just not be smart for me to go embed myself in uh, the communist group, because I strongly am against communism. I do not believe in communism. And uh, you're kind of 
putting yourself in the line of fire if you aren't aligned with those people, right? If that, lots of things can go wrong unless you're like undercover. Excuse me, which at that time I wasn't going undercover yet. So I want to show you guys a few more of his posts. These are, this is where it gets interesting. Okay. And this was one of Matthew Dolos posts. Here it has Trump flags, Trump's face. Um, it kind of makes it look like this is a dictatorial uh, world. And this is an important, important uh, piece of art that he had posted because in the sign, dang it, it says, in the sign, it says no Mexicans. Um, it says a bunch. It says a bunch of things. Let me let me go back up. Sorry, I, I just exited out of it. Here we go. In the sign, in the sign right here, it says no Mexicans, Muslims, Chinese, etc. With Trump's face at the top, and um, here we have Palestinian people. These, this is the Palestine flag. Um, we have Palestinians kind of like walking around like they're scared. We have what appear to be like white supremacists screaming at them. And we have police with Nazi armbands uh, arresting what appears to be maybe maybe a Mexican individual. It's hard to make out. He has a cowboy hat on, maybe some sort of migrant farm worker. Um, the reason that I point that out is because it's very important. This guy shared content suggesting that he felt that Trump was a dictator, a racist dictator who was, you know, doing wrong to people of, of ethnic, of certain ethnic backgrounds. This was the person that Nine News hired without checking to make sure he had a security license and sent him out armed into a protest. And what happened? He killed somebody. You know, the lawsuits against nine news are going to be outrageous. They are going to be sued into oblivion and they deserve to be nine news said that they had hired this guy as a contractor through the Pinkerton Pinkerton agency. Well, you know what? Pinkerton agency does have contractors working as security in Denver. Uh, they do have licensed individuals working security in Denver. Matthew Doloff was not one of them. Pinkertons came forward and said, he's not one of our guys. We don't have him on payroll. So what the hell is going on? Who did Nine News hire? Here's the thing that's really important as well, okay? Here's the, here's the thing that's really important. I follow one of their individuals, one of the reporters on Twitter. His name is Kyle Clark. You can find him on Twitter right now. He has posted more than on one, more than one occasion things that are dismissive of Antifa threats, to say the least. He posted something uh, with a soup can. It was a meme with a soup can, a Campbell's soup can. And the guy is saying, is this Antifa? Like, it's supposed to be a joke. He posted something um, recently in which he was saying, wow, it's a shame that people think that Denver is becoming some sort of like communist hub, that people are scared to go to Denver uh, because they think Antifa is running around in the streets. Well, you know, Kyle, guess what? You guys hired somebody who is a left wing individual and he has now killed somebody so no wonder people are scared when the mainstream news stations refuse to acknowledge the fact that we have a very serious radical socialist radical communist problem happening in denver and statewide meanwhile nine news completely disregards the issue they make they, they make it sound like it's some funny fear-mongering thing that crazy conservative q people believe in well you know what it's not true there has been more than one instance 
of violent activity on behalf of socialist groups. And these are the same people who will walk around and tell you that the Proud Boys are white supremacists and that they're dangerous. Now, there's a lot you could say about the Proud Boys that people, you know, can find uh, to take up, uh, you know, argument with the Proud Boys, things like they have a, a rank in their system in which they encourage kind of fights to start, like you get to rank up if you get into a fight. You know, that's one thing, okay? But you know what another thing is? Another thing is scheduling a counter protest to a peaceful rally, uh, intentionally to crash the rally, and then somebody gets shot and killed, okay? This is not the first time it's happened. Like I said, it's happened in Portland before. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable that people who are pro-America, pro, like, you know, Republican, more conservative, they can't even go into the streets and hold a rally without being feared of losing their life and being targeted because it's happened twice now. It's happened twice. And it is a serious, serious problem. Mayor Hancock, who is the mayor of Denver, and Governor Jared Polis, who is our governor, are MIA on this. No idea where they are, but they haven't commented on it. Mayor Hancock did say it was a shame and that people shouldn't be out in the streets anyway. But you know what? We've had months and months of protests and riots. Now all of a sudden, because the Patriots are out as well and Patriots are being targeted, he's saying maybe it's better that you guys just stay in your homes. This is not okay. All right. So let's, let's move forward with this. Like I said, here we have, um, his Bernie Sanders posts. He had that kind of pro-Palestine, uh, post meme thing. And then we have this, this is interesting. Okay. On March 16th, 2017. Now this guy wasn't particularly socially active, but he was posting radical things and posting, you know, stuff that shows he was part of Occupy Denver, uh, years ago. It doesn't take very long for somebody to become radicalized on the internet. It doesn't take long. In 2017, this guy posted something from democracynow.org saying, in a historic report, UN agency says Israel is imposing an apartheid. This guy was anti-Israel. He was pro-Palestine. Uh, he was a Bernie supporter, which is about as far left as we've gotten in this country until now. He listed his uh, religion as atheist. He has political views listed as the Democratic Party. Um you know, Occupy March, I've showed you guys that picture. We have here another Occupy March uh, picture. He posted things like hashtag left is best. Um, yeah, so this is important. Here we have Joseph Camp, who is a freaking, he is a great, great investigative journalist. Joseph and I talk pretty often. Uh, he sent this over to me. And he said, this guy didn't have a security license. And I looked at, I looked at what he sent me and then I searched it myself and nope, he didn't have a security license. No security license listed under Michael Do under Matthew Doloff. Not, not one. Uh, so nine news, I don't know what they're saying. Either they hired somebody without a license to provide security at a part, at a, at a known conflict zone. Like we knew this was going to be a conflict zone when we saw that Antifa was going to show up. Cause now we don't just have conservatives rallying and speaking their minds and, and ex expressing their first amendment right to peaceful assembly. Now we have known communists, radical communists and Antifa showing up. This was a known conflict zone. I'm assuming that's why nine news felt they needed to hire security for the reporter. Now it doesn't appear that this person was security at all. No, 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 this is not good. Um, this is, this is crazy. Okay. Um, you know what governor Jared Polis said? He said nothing. 
he and he instead extended the mask mandate another 30 days uh, without even addressing this issue. Now, here's that post I was talking about that showed that submission was pro-BLM. Um, here we have from submission, that little logo guy that he had on his wrist. And it says, uh, please note that we would we will be directing the donation specifically to bail funds. More way to help blacklivesmatter.card.co. If you wish to educate yourselves, um, and then it has a link to some sort of educational resources. And then here we have a Black Lives Matter fist says, I'm with you. And then it says basically that they're going to donate all of their funds to over 40 community bail funds throughout the U.S. to bail out rioters associated with the George Floyd riots. This is not a nonpartisan organization. And here we have here we have anti-racism resources. OK, this is where things get interesting. This guy was into critical race theory. He has a quote. There's a quote from Angela Davis, who, if you guys don't know who Angela Davis is, I recommend looking into her. She has some ties to Weather Underground, which was a, uh, you know, essentially a domestic terror organization. He has links to Ibram X. Kendi here. We have a lot of anti-racism stuff on protesting, on prison abolition, videos. This is a whole list of stuff and people to follow. This is radicalization information, okay? And this is on his, <laughs> this is on the sub.mission mission uh, profile of the, the group that he had tattooed to the underside of his wrist. This guy was into anti-racism work, okay? This guy was into anti-racism work. And you know what? He was obviously partisan. He was obviously partisan. Now he wasn't Antifa, at least not by anything that I've seen, but that makes it a little bit worse that we have people who are just regular everyday people getting radicalized online. And then they run into a Patriot or a Republican on the streets and they see that he's a Republican and say, Oh shoot, there's a Nazi. There's a white supremacist danger, danger. And then they shoot them because they really do feel that there's some sort of danger when in fact there is actually no danger. This is what happens in radicalization, okay? This is why it's such an issue. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, maybe the guy's security license just wasn't in the system. No, no. Andrea Flores, who is a news reporter and anchor at CBS Denver, which is kind of the competing agency um, for Nine News Denver, she emailed, she emailed one of the, um, I guess, email addresses that is available for the licensing department in Denver. And they said, nope, we have no record of Matthew Doloff. We have no record of Matthew Doloff with a different name spelling, just in case, you know, maybe they got it wrong. Maybe he misspelled his name on the application or it was entered wrong. No record of the guy. Um, and I quote from the email that they sent to Andrea, if he was operating as a security guard, he was in violation of the law. Administratively, a security guard operating without a license could be fined up to $999 and face up to a year in jail. The company he works for is also legally responsible, making sure is also legally responsible for making sure all of their security security guard employees have a license and could face administrative action against their required security guard employer license if they have a security guard working without a license. We have an open administration investigation in this case. If there is a violation of Denver rules, the security guard employer is subject to having their license show caused and having their license show caused and there would be a public hearing to determine the status of the license going forward. The case is an investigative portion and there has been no 
no show cause issued. I'm not sure what that actually means, but if we read down, this is also interesting. I find this really interesting and it's been overlooked by a lot of media. I think it's probably the most interesting part of this. There's also a, pretend, a potential criminal aspect to this. I can't comment on that because it's not something we handle. For question about any criminal pen penalties for operating without a license, and then it goes on and cuts off. But that said, this guy is in serious trouble. Nine News Denver, very serious trouble. And not just that, the fact that they downplayed the uh, seriousness of socialist radicalization for the past few months when a number of conservatives were saying, hey, we have a problem here. We have a very serious socialist problem here in Denver. And Nine News disregarded it, paid no attention, laughed, laughed, laughed at people. And now this, unbelievable. And you know, it's really worth wondering what the hell this guy was really doing there if he had no security license. No, why, why? I find it hard to believe that an organization as large as Nine News Denver, which is, a, I think it's a N, I think it's MSNBC affiliate. I could be wrong there, but they're, they're a sub chapter of a more national news program. Uh, I find it hard that they just kind of missed that this guy didn't have a security license. I also find it hard that, to believe that the Pinkerton agency, who is like a very, uh, they, they've been around a long time, Pinkerton agency. They've been around for like over a hundred years. Um, I find it hard to believe that an established security and investigative agency like the Pinkertons just kind of overlooked the fact that this guy didn't have a security guard card. <sighs> what is going on here? I really don't know. This is very strange. Very, very strange. And I hate to bring it up, you guys, but I just want, I, I don't have this anywhere on my Twitter profile because I, I didn't want to publish it just yet. But it is strange that this person on his Facebook, if you go to his Facebook, he had a photo of acid tabs with Bernie's name on it. It was like a Bernie Sanders sheet. And it, all these little tabs could be like pulled out. And it, according to the profile, it said burn, like Bernie Sanders acid tabs and stuff. And I was like, acid tabs. That's interesting. Bernie Sanders acid tabs. Very strange. And, you know, I, I have to bring it up as well because rape culture. Look, I was, I was a kid once. I'm still pretty young. But when I was in like the end stage of high school, first just got out of high school, I attended a few raves. And it is uh, pretty common for ravers to do some drugs. Like there's a lot of people who take drugs at raves. People are taking ecstasy, people are taking shrooms, people are taking acid, people are taking a lot of drugs at raves. And if this guy was a DJ and he was regularly taking drugs and, and Nine News didn't think to check for his security license, did they think to drug test him before sending him out in a in a conflict zone, essentially. This is Colorado. Okay, Colorado, drugs are legal. I mean, not all drugs, but we have legalized marijuana. And it is uh, not talked about enough that some people who utilize marijuana very often, like, you know, who consistently utilize marijuana, maybe on a daily basis, they do develop some sort of paranoia. And I, I don't want to speculate on whether or not this guy was clean, However, I'm very much looking forward to the coroner's report and, and the drug, the toxicology report, um, because I want to know if this guy had drugs in his system. Now, we're not going to be able to tell probably if he had um, mushrooms or something like that, but LSD should be able to come up. Um, I don't know what the, what the time frame is for that stuff coming out of your system, but 
at least marijuana will come up for sure. Uh, and, and if he had been doing any other drugs, hopefully it comes up because I want to know what the hell happened here. If I, I'm just saying, if they didn't think to, to check his security license, or if they didn't care to check his security license, they didn't want to know, they probably didn't drug test him. And if you're a security guard, it's, it's essential to be of sound mind, sound and sober mind. And I've seen some videos of this guy walking around prior to the shooting. He looked on edge. He was looking around a lot. He didn't look 100% confident. He wasn't uh, calm. He was kind of doing this. He was all over the place. It was really weird. I, I'm very interested to find out if this guy had any sort of drugs in his system. Now, uh, Kyle Clark, here's the guy that I was talking to you guys about. He is a Nine News reporter. He is the individual who regularly made light of... He has regularly made light of socialist extremists in Denver on more than one occasion. Um, now, here's my tweet saying, Nine News is saying they contracted Doloff through the Pinkerton Agency. Pinkerton Agency says they don't actually employ Doloff. Two major companies didn't check his qualifications. Apparently, ensuring hired security is licensed was the job of Twitter. Michelle Malkin has a great thread on this, and I'm going to read it to you guys because it's very worth the read. Uh, Michelle Malkin, I think she is an investigative journalist. I, I'm not 100% sure. Let's let's take a look here. Uh, she's an entrepreneur. Doesn't say that she's a, a journalist, says she's an entrepreneur, but she does a great job. Um, so I'm going to read you guys this thread that she wrote here. And you guys can find her at Michelle Malkin on Twitter, and that's two L's. So let, let's read here. Thread. Quote. I know a thing or two about hiring private security as a journalist and public speaker for 30 years, including contracting security through Pinkerton. So let's let me drop some facts to deconstruct this heaping pile of nine news manure. Professional security companies, large or small, will generate a paper trail, contracts, mission briefs, emails, coordinating meetup times and other scheduling logistical matters. And after action reports, memos. We now know that Nine News falsely claimed that Doloff was a Pinkerton employee when he was not. No record of him at Pinkerton. Unlicensed and operating illegally in Colorado. Both Pinkerton and Nine News know the real truth of the contract arrangement, but refuse to divulge. We also know at Denver Police spread false claims that their investigation showed Doloff was not a left-wing radical when every amateur internet sleuth found his massive pro-Antifa social media footprint in five minutes after his name was released. When I used Pinkerton last year on my book tour, they did walkthroughs beforehand, documented contacts, arranged transportation, and communicated with my publicist and publisher through the entire gig. Either these records exist for Doloff with Nine News or they don't. We now know from Nine News Bizarro reports that Jeremy jo Jojola, who is a journalist there, and at Zach, News at Zach Newsman, who is, uh, I don't know his full name here, um, refused to respond to my inquiry. We're with Doloff at the Denver shooting. How many times had they all been together covering anarcho-tyranny in Denver this past year? Patriots deserve to know. Text messages and emails on Jeremy Jajola and Zach Newsman and at Nine News and personal phones, laptops with Doloff will be key evidence exposing the exact nature of the relationship between Doloff, who worked for some other company than Pinkerton, 
refuses to bizarrely name, and at Nine News. What people outside of Colorado need to understand is that Nine News is chock full of left-wing journalists who have been smearing conservative patriots in my state all year. It stinks to high heaven that the bogus security guy's views just so happen to align with station's Antifa Simps views. Question, did one of the five licensed Pinkerton security consultants prefer to dole off to Nine News, or was there another relationship, business or otherwise, that we are not being told about? And uh, here, Joseph Camp has uh, some information. He went through and actually listed all the names of Pinkerton security consultants in Denver that were licensed. Okay, I'm going to continue reading this thread for a little bit. Question, Denver police say two guns were found at the crime scene. Nine News, tell us, were they both Dolos or did one belong to a Nine News employee? The Nine News propaganda continues. Listen for the shooter sympathizing journalist at 22 describing the shooter peacefully laying down his weapon. Okay, so yeah, now this is true. Nine News actually came out with that video that I showed you guys of the distant uh, of the distant capture of the shooting. And they like literally try and make it sound like this guy was like some sort of peaceful individual. They're like, oh, look, and he's peacefully laying down his gun. He just shot someone. He's not peaceful. I'm sorry. You just killed a man. There is no peacefulness. This is more media gaslighting saying, look, a peaceful protest. Look, a peaceful shooter. No, no, no. He just shot someone in cold blood, Un, uh, unnecessary shooting, unjustified. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, here we see Doloff right here and the individual that he was with in the blue shirt. I don't know what is going on here. It's really hard to say. This is, this is Lee Keltner, the individual who, who's deceased. Um, I believe he was a grandpa. There's a, a few photos of him holding a, a very small baby. It's unbelievable. I don't know what happened here. It's hard to say who Matthew Doloff really what really was and what he was really doing. But the story doesn't add up. The story does not add up at all. Um, you don't hire somebody for security who doesn't have a security license, especially as a big organization like Nine News is. Um, Pinkerton, I highly doubt they would hire somebody who is a security. So this guy was off the books and now he's killed somebody. And it's very, I'm very excited to see what happens. Very excited for the toxicology report in particular. Um, we're going to find out, we're going to find out what happens. Uh, nine news has been pretty quiet. They posted a spaghetti recipe yesterday. It was, ugh. You know what? I'm not even going to go into it. That said, I think this is something that the nation needs to pay attention to. There's something here that we don't understand. Um, Nine News appears to be lying. And I'm. they're going to be sued into oblivion. They will be sued into oblivion. Um, yeah, I'm only going to cover this today because I know it was a long video. It was a whole hour long video on just this one event. Obviously, this hits close to home because Denver is like 45 minutes from where I live. This, this happened maybe 45 minutes from where I live. Um, yeah, guys, I, I will be doing another segment tonight. Uh, right now, I have to go back to my day job. Unfortunately, I don't do this full time. Um, if you guys do want to support my work, please consider donating. I would really appreciate it. You can donate it. No, donate to me on my site at thenomanzone.com. Uh it, it helps because what that would do is allow me to transition to journalism full time. Right now I have to work obviously a day job. Um, and that's how I pay my bills. And I would really love to do this full time and keep you guys updated 
on what's happening, what's really happening, not what the news tells you what's happening, because clearly, as we can see from Nine News, they're not telling the truth. So if you guys want to donate, please do. Um, $5 helps. Whatever you guys can do helps. Uh, what really, really helps is sharing these videos and telling your friends about this channel. Um, all Everything on my site is investigative work. I dive deep into stories and try and give you guys an idea of why things are happening, not just report on what's happening. Um, so please consider donating. I would really appreciate it. If you can't donate, share this video, subscribe, give me a thumbs up. Sorry that this is such a long, long one today. I kind of only thought I was going to do 20 minutes of this, but you know, it hits, it hits close to home when it's an hour away from where you live. So thank you guys all for watching. I hope that you enjoy.